Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday. This is uh, our second uh, session uh, with Ed and uh, Miriam uh, Martinez from uh, Massachusetts, uh, Danvers, and uh, he's a pastor there, and uh, we're excited to hear their story. Last last week, uh, just to summarize, they shared about how they uh, uh, each came to know Christ. Uh, actually, you guys knew each other in high school, um, and were in the same city, uh, did, weren't dating, uh, just knew each other. Uh, uh, Miriam came to know Christ uh, in high school and then went off to college, uh, and your mom moved away, I believe, to Texas, right? Um, Delaware, Delaware, yeah, yeah. Delaware, um, and then uh, uh, and then Ed uh, had gone through a process of skepticism, but you know, finally uh, in college, uh, right at, right as he's uh, finishing, uh, came to know uh, the truth of Christ and just said, "I'm willing to follow Christ uh, into that." Um, and then you two uh, were still in the same area and started to see each other, but you weren't really uh, committed. Uh, Miriam was saying, I'd like to get committed. And you said, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> uh, so um, she said, okay. Um, and then you you said that you dated a few, but but you always had that sense that uh, Miriam was, was somebody that you really uh, had affection for and the other dating wasn't quite there. So tell us then what happened when you wound up at, down in Texas and, and how you guys uh, came back together and then decided to get married. Yeah. So, um, so my mom had moved, had, uh, my mom was moving to Texas Mm -hmm. and she had asked me to go down there to help like get her moved into an apartment. And so when I got there, I'd reached out to Miriam and Miriam was like, yeah, come to my church, meet some of my people. And I did, and I met her friends and and her friends all sat me down and interviewed me. Like, what are your intentions? They what are you trying to serious. do? <laughs> they, were very, they were very protective. Like my pastors yeah. were very like, who is he? Yeah. Like, what does he do? <laughs> like it was. <laughs> um, and all I knew at the time and what I was answering was Miriam, someone I would marry, but mm. whether that's on the table or not, I didn't know. Right. And so we had gone, a f- I think it was like a week yeah. maybe where we were just constantly hanging out again. And everyone, at least everyone around me is like, dude, what are you doing? Like your eyes are Google eyed for this girl. <laughs> like what is happening? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I've kind of messed this up. I don't know if she's interested. And finally, <laughs> oh, now were uh, you down there for a limited time when you went down to help your mom move? And then yep. of course you, you connected with Miriam and last time, you know, the kind of the cliffhanger was I walked in, I see her and I realized I love her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so now you're down there. How long are you down here for at this time? Cause this isn't a permanent down there. You were just down helping your mom, right? Yeah. I was down there for like a week. Okay. So in a week I brought a friend, my mom wasn't even there. I brought a friend just to help the moving process. Okay. That was it. It was like a week long, almost vacation with a couple of to-do lists to check off. But um, 
the big to-do list was get Miriam to like me again. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so we had, we had had a really intentional conversation where Miriam was like, listen, there's guys that are interested here. I'm not interested in playing this back and forth game. We've done this already. Mm. Like I'm not who I used to be. I'm not this little high school girl anymore. Like I'm an adult. And uh, I had and so I much respect and I, for that. And I knew that. And I was like, I want to be serious. Like, either this is going to be serious or we're moving on and, like, this isn't going to continue. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely put, like, my foot on the ground. <laughs> I was like, all right. Like, because I also didn't, I just didn't want to continue the cycle. And um, mm. I loved our and things like that. But I was like, I, yeah, I think, like, it's time for us to yeah. be healthy. So that conversation put the fear of God in me. And I said, <laughs> uh, let's. I'm, I have to go back home. Let's pray. Let's take two weeks and pray. Mm -hmm. And let's just pray. Let's just see what God says. And clear as day, God's like, nope. Like, you're not ready. And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, God, you, I cannot <laughs> go back with no. Like, you do not understand. And God was like, you are not ready yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to kill me. She's going to fly out here and kill me. And so we get on the phone and the weight of the world is on my shoulders. And I'm like, Miriam, I'm so sorry, but God said no. I was like, oh, he said no. I was like, oh, okay. Didn't believe it. Like I genuinely didn't, did not believe it. Cause I, I, I felt like I was like, you're using this as an excuse again. Cause he has before of like, oh, I need to spend time with God and things like that. And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't believe it. So um, I was devastated by the call, but I was like, all right, like this is the call to move on. Um, and yeah, and I was like pretty stern, like we didn't talk. Um, I essentially like did cut him off. Cause again, I think it was just healthier um, for that. Um, and I was trying to think, I think um, during that time, Eddie had be, had been such a like, like an idol, like a hopeful idol that it's like, this is the person that I'm going to marry and all these things. And then I just remember God's like, I'm in control of who you marry and like what your life looks like. And I think I also had this feeling kind of like Eddie, that it's like, I had found a friend and a person who I truly cared about and like felt so connected to. And I feared that I wasn't going to find that somewhere else. And then the Lord like showed me, he's like, you will, like, I can, I can change your heart. And like, so give me that, give me that control. Like, give me that, um, trust. So I kind of let that situation that I was like, all right, like you said no to Eddie and like, this isn't happening. And, um, and I have to be okay with that. So we didn't talk until no, December. November, no, November, you came for Thanksgiving, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came down to visit my mom for Thanksgiving in November. Which ironically, again, I had been in somewhat communications with Eddie's mom because um, she had moved to Texas and I wanted her to come to church, like regardless of like her son. Um, but I try to keep my distance as much because I was like, I know if I'm still talking to his mom, like things can happen. So um, she had told me that Thanksgiving that she's like, we're going to DR. And I'm like, I, in my head, I was like, great. That means he's not coming here. That means I'm not going to see him. Like, this is great. Like more time to heal and things like that, blah, blah, blah. Eddie's sister gets sick the day of. A mysterious sickness that no <laughs> one can explain. She got sick and like the day my plan lands, my plane lands, she's not sick anymore. So he's now in Texas. Instead of them going to DR as the plan, she, he stays. And then I was like, like I'm telling you, you couldn't write this. So then, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. He messages me during that time. Also, my mother came to visit me in Texas for again for Thanksgiving was like the holidays, and um, 
I remember my mom's like, oh, Eddie's here. Like, you should invite him. Like, I know he's around or whatever. And I was like, no. Like, you, why? And she, but her, I realized now that it was like, she didn't know anybody else in Texas. Like, none of my other friends. So the one mm. that she did know, Eddie, she had known him from all this other time um, and stuff like that. So she's like, you should invite Eddie. And I'm like, mother. She was like, please, you would be really doing me a favor. And I'm like, what is happening? Uh... Um, so he does end up texting me and, like, he ends up coming over. But, like, I'm cold as ice, like. Like, like, oh, sorry, I'm like, he's giving me no love, nothing. Like, he's like really trying. He's like, so how have you been? And I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Like, I'm I'm not trying to engage too much or anything like that. Like at that point, I was just like, I'm trying to protect my heart because like this is it now. Um, so that happened. So we see each other in Thanksgiving, and. And because of the emotional roller coaster that was our friendship, hearing Miriam say she was mad at me in August and we aren't going to talk anymore and she's not doing this, it was like, yeah, in a couple months we'll be okay. Like we can at least be friends. And so seeing her on Thanksgiving was like, okay, God, like you really, you really ended this. Like this is over. Mm. So I kind of came back with like a mourning of like, this is really over. Right. And I had kind of mourned. The relationship the romantic relationship but i hadn't mourned the friendship and so i was like mm. oh my god um like it's we're not friends like we're nothing she doesn't care anymore even if she does like there's nothing there's no door open and so um i get a text from miriam in december her birthday's in january she was coming up to see family so miriam's kind of warning me hey I might stop by netcast. That doesn't mean I'm here to see you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I knew we were going to see each other. Like I knew because, um, my friends would go to netcast and I was, I always came in January for my birthday to like see them after I'd moved to Texas. Um, I knew that I was like, it's going to happen. We're going to bump into each other. Like I'd rather him have a warning that I'm like around, but I'm not there to see him. So, um, so yeah. So then. That's so I said, so I started praying for weeks, like God, one of two things needs to happen like this is either dead dead and i need you to just remove these feelings from my heart or i need you to give me the green light and just let me date her but like i need to know like i need to mm. know and um so i walk into to netcast um i'm worshiping um miriam again i guess walks in i don't see her walk in but something in me is like telling me to look back I look back, I see her and God was like, go. Like green light. Like, like green light, like go, like go get her. And so Aww. I do. And I like go to sit next to her. She's annoyed. She's like, why is this guy staring <laughs> at me? I talked to him already. She doesn't know what I know, which is God was like, we're doing this. So I'm in, I'm 100% in. She's not in yet, but I'm like, you just gotta wait. Wait till God tells you, cause I know what he's saying. Um, and so we went on this couple months journey of me convincing her like, no, God finally gave me the green light. I was honest when I said, when he said no in August, and I needed to take that idol and give it to him. And that idol was our friendship. That idol was our relationship. And I needed to fully, in the way that she had fully given me to God, I needed to fully give her to God. And what, what God was doing in August and what God was doing in Thanksgiving is he was freeing up so much of our baggage so that we could actually have a genuine relationship that wasn't oh. dependent on each other but that the relationship was dependent on him yeah. and so he had used that as our training 
mm-hmm. to launch this relationship that was like, what does God say? What is God thinking? How, what does God want for this? Yeah. And, um, and trusting him, right? Yeah. There, there's a part of it that it's like, God, um, Eddie heard that, that no. And it's like, man, I, I want to say yes, but I'm going to be obedient to God because I know he has something better regardless of what we know is going to happen. Like, right. Like that wasn't the no was like, all right, this is definite and this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was genuinely a miracle that it was like, oh, like I remember you saying that, that it's like, I wanted, I, and I felt that same way that it's like, God, like you have to remove these feelings because I'm trusting you to do that. So, and it's like, oh, he did it. So then it's just, it was the perfect timing, mm-hmm. like his timing. And so, um, we have had to tell many people that we do not advise our story. No, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it but it's is a, a beautiful, beautiful story to share, that, right? Um, yeah and so in the months following it was just because miriam's still living in texas i'm still living north of boston and so there's a lot of like texting phone calls like i'm telling you like i'm in i'm 100 yeah. in this isn't a game i'm not joking like i'm so, yours like whatever that means whatever that looks yeah like. so in january um after i come to visit um for my birthday and stuff like that he sees me um he gets the green light from god and like he's like genuinely pursuing and then i ended up going back to texas and like he's still like texting me for trying to pursue me and like i'm just not fully in it um but he is he's like genuinely he's like i'm gonna prove it to you like i'm gonna be showing you and stuff like that and i remember trying like i remember being like halfway half in half out i definitely had this moment of like "Uh, i'll give this a try just to get it out of my system oh wait we should tell him about chicago before we get to that. Oh my so she's when she was here, <laughs> I had told her God gave me the green light and everything. And she was, was like, no, like we played this game. You said no. Now you're saying, yeah, you sound like a crazy person. I'm not buying it. And I had trusted God's go, God's green light so much that I was like, you know what? I'm going to put the ball in your court. Tell you what, go to Texas. If you text me, I will not initiate. But if you text me, if you initiate, I will take that as God's second green light. And Miriam was like, well, I'm not texting you, so good luck with that. And she flies, had a connection flight to Chicago. And when she lands in Chicago, there's this huge storm and her flight gets, her connecting flight gets canceled. And she texts everybody, calls everybody and no one picks up. I've never, I've never had a flight that's like been canceled and I can't travel. Like I had, they had to give me a voucher and everything like that. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have my, my luggage. Like I've never gotten stuck somewhere. I don't have money, like all these things, blah, blah, blah. and I remember texting everybody because I'm like nervous and like I, I just wanted some reassurance some feedback, somebody to talk to and nobody texted Max. So what did I do? I texted Eddie that I was like, oh my gosh, like I got stuck, blah, blah, blah. He's taking this as like me texting him. Like, it's like, oh, this is a green light. Like we're going to start talking. I'm like, no, I'm freaking out and I'm panicking. According to the terms of our negotiation, that was a green light. But I just remember laying in bed and my phone going off and just looking up and being like, I knew it. I knew God said yes. And so I was in. But I didn't take it as that. So then when, again, when I landed in Texas, I was like, this isn't a green light. And he goes, yeah, it is. And so he like kept, again, texting and pursuing and things like that. And I remember um, being kind of half in, half out. And I remember telling him that I was like, I can date you, but I'm probably also going to date other people. Like, this isn't, like, I just don't really trust that this is going to, succeed um but by the grace of god i had a lot of a great community who called me out and they're like that's not we don't do that like you're either in and you're gonna trust that this works and if it doesn't work then it doesn't work but you're committing to it or you're out and like you're gonna try with other people like you're not you're not gonna play with his heart as well and i was like that's not fair so mind you i'm like guys i found my wife 
She's been chilling in Texas. We just got to figure out how to fly her out here. I don't know what that's going to look look like. He's early on. But like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Like, this is this how, is a matter how, of uh, how long then did you, uh, before you got married? So we, we started, so I say we started dating in February, but because of the complication, Miriam calls it April. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, in October, I proposed. And then the following April, we got married. So within a year, yeah. we were married. Yeah. yeah. And um, we were super intentional, even like finally when I say that we were like started dating in April. Um, the reason I say that is because he came to fly out and meet my pastor and like kind of um, my pastor kind of like questioned, gave, me, gave me the one two. Yeah. Like questioned him and like questioned his intentions. And um, I wanted the green light for my pastor. I remember praying being like, I need community to speak into this relationship. So mm-hmm. um, almost like we didn't trust ourselves sure. enough. Mm-hmm. Like so when, needed so when you when you got married, you lived in Massachusetts then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when he proposed in October, I like I knew I was going to move. Um, and then uh, I ended up moving in February and then having the wedding in April. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Beautiful. Which is wild. She was planning a wedding out of state. It's yeah. crazy. How many how many years you've been married now? Four, ne- four next month. Great. Fantastic. I know. We're cute. <laughs> remember. So. Um, uh, in the time we have left, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience then with learning to abide and, and what the, what that has meant to your life and to your marriage of, and then we'll uh, have you back to continue more, but you know, what, how did you, uh, receive that and learn it? And then how, how has that affected your life together? Yeah, I would think it starts with that whole like span of time between August and, uh, December, January, right? Where what we learned where we had to learn um like we had to submit our old friendship we had to let our old relationship die that codependency all that stuff and at the time we didn't have the language that we were abiding right at the time we just knew there was a god that was a good father that we trusted and we wanted to submit to and Mm -hmm. so we gave it to God and it felt like this emotional roller coaster that was frustrating and at times very angry and like confusing and looking back on it we're like man that is the foundation for our now marriage like our marriage is where it is today because of those really really hard months Mm -hmm. where we were willing to give up the thing that we valued the most at the time yeah and that laid the foundation for, well, what else does God have for us, yeah. right? If, mm. if he's that good, if he's so good that his no is even better than we could possibly imagine, then what does he have in store for our marriage? What does he have in store for our community? Um, and so it, it that was really the turning point for us in individually, but also in our relationship to be like, yeah, God, you can have all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's never as easy as it is on paper, right? But it's, <laughs> on, it's this ongoing journey of like, yeah, we trust you now. Like, we really, really, really trust you. And even though sometimes things in us fight against that, at the end of the day, we know you are so good and you love us so much that your no is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and that was that was really the turning point. And then throughout our marriage, we've just seen like, submitting our families to God. We don't have the healthiest relationship with our external family members and just wrestling with, okay, God, how do we, how do we stay consistent with who we are in a gospel centered family and, and, and be a pillar to a community that really frustrates us. Your family can really poke a button, you know? And it's like, 
but we want to love them well with respect to health. And so submitting all that stuff to God and, and now four years later, we're starting to see some some comments of like, man, you guys are doing really great, man. We really respect your your marriage or um, man, like that's crazy that you guys are this healthy or this intentional or whatever. Um, four years later, when in the beginning it was like, you're crazy for getting married. You're, sure. you're so young, you're broke. It's like, I know, <laughs> don't remind me. Um, but yeah, just seeing the constant like desire to submit and fighting for that um, has been awesome. Yeah. And I think um, we've gone through different seasons of like um, what it looks like to abide. And I think with the retreat that um, we went with, Kathy was a wonderful reminder, specifically before we had our son Isaiah. Um, it was just great to remember that, like, again, me and Eddie, because we um, had a great community and things like that, we also knew how to have a healthier relationship. like regardless of like our upbringings and, and things like that like we know how to communicate well and all these things but i think in the abide retreat one one of the main things that i remember getting from is we don't want just to fight well or communicate well we want to bring christ in that mm -hmm. and i think that was the pivotal that i'm like i'm like oh that's different there is a, a a sense of like we focus so much on wanting to be healthy emotionally spiritually like physically all the things um but there was a moment of like oh like yes we're good at um, communicating and like fighting well and things like that but like there's a difference of having God in that conversation because he will have the final say mm -hmm. and I think that was super important even in the thought of like I think of my son that I'm like oh is he going to be a baseball player like, like soccer <laughs> and it was this concept of like you can ask God like instead of mm -hmm. trying to like figure out all the different things like just ask God like God where should I have my son like which sport do you think he would like because you know him better than I do yeah absolutely. and it was mm -hmm. what um... I think that was as you look at your personal, uh, what you call abiding in, in the in the vine, what does that look like for you personally uh, of uh, your experience with it? And um, uh, how does that, because the audience loves to hear, we, Kathy and I talk about abiding and particularly being in the word, but they'd like to hear um, how people apply that. So each of you, if you could share a little bit about just how do you do that uh, from your side of it personally? I'll go first. So I actually, one of the biggest changes that I made after coming out of the retreat was not just valuing time with God, but going into my time with God with an intentionality. Mm -hmm. I, the only language I knew was like, the only language I know how to share this with is, it was almost like my time with God was an executive meeting. <laughs> I came with my agenda, bullet points, these are the things we need to talk about. God, what's your input? What do you got to say? What's your feedback? And let me move on to my next part of my day. <laughs> and I thought it was great because I was reading, I was praying and I'm doing fine. And I think now one of the biggest things I had to build into it was God, this is your time. Mm, like I'm good. here for you. I'm not here for me. So it's like, as good as this is for me, this is for you to speak into me. This is for you to tell me what my day should look like. And when I spend the first 5, 10, 15 minutes just praying through that idea, I settle myself into a, a completely different perspective. So when I'm reading scripture, it's not just about learning a new verse or hearing a new story, but it's like, God, what do you want me to pull out of this? And um, I'll give you an example on, on Monday. I was doing that. I was just praying and some God had, um, I was praying and I was reading first Samuel, which I felt like God had led me to. And 
I was not getting anything out of First Samuel, and I'd kind of stopped, and this overwhelming guilt had just taken over. And I had prayed, God, what what is this? What am I? What do you want me to do? And He was like, He reminded me of something I had done eight years ago that I had never confessed to my mom, mm. and was like you need to call your mother and you need to confess now my mother doesn't have a relationship with god she has zero context for what is happening <laughs> so i'm like god you know how awkward that's going to be she's probably on a trip <laughs> work right now like come on man and he was like no you need to pick up the phone and you need to call her because that's what you need to do right now and it was like okay and so i called my mom and i had confessed and i was like this is going to sound crazy to you but like eight years ago i did this thing and she was like yeah i know you just never told me. And like, I mean, mom, I know these things. And I'm like, well, I, I kind of figured you knew, but it's like, now I want to confess it. Like, I want to own that. I want to say, I want to be a person of integrity of character. And in my time with God, that's what God told me to do. So that's what I'm going to do today. It had nothing to do with the scripture. I felt like he had called me to in this season. It had nothing to do with some revelation. It had nothing with that. It was just, God was super clear. Like, I don't know what the plan is for that next week next month next year i don't know if my mom comes to christ because i have no idea but like in that moment it was so clear like god do what you want in this time and god said yeah you got to call your mom and it's like that feels so unrelated to what we've been working on <laughs> but okay right and but being super intentional reminding myself in those first few minutes like this is god this is your time yeah into me i'm not coming i've got things we can talk about if you want to ask i'm in i got questions i got thoughts but we don't have to do that like this is complete i completely submit this time to you and that's been a game changer for me since that retreat mm. yeah. um for me abiding has looked a little different now being a new mom and being a stay-at-home mm. mom i think i'm constantly trying to navigate what that looks like one of the biggest things that um I've been trying to do that I learned from like the moms to mom group that I've been attending is inviting my son in with me and showing him what that looks like right like he's going to catch things more than like than the things that I say right so if he sees me then he and mind you he's like three months so like but still like it all but that whole idea more is caught than taught yeah. yeah yeah more more is caught than taught so like so I'm like all right like that what that looks like so um I've been intentional of Sometimes I love scripture and like, that's what like fills me with joy and all these things, but I don't have all the time to be able to like, just sit down and do that. Um, so I just take little moments um, throughout the day of whatever that looks like and invite my son in that with me, right? Whether it's a worship session um, that and my son is like, what are we doing? Like I've seen it in his eyes. He's like, what are we doing? <laughs> and like, I'm like worshiping and dancing with him and all these things. Um, or I'm just like reading like the little Bible with him um, that he has and stuff like that. And just kind of inviting um, God in that and genuinely like it <laughs> I find it interesting because I if you look outside from it it looks crazy like I, I've, I've thought of that that I was like if somebody has a camera in my house and they see me talking to myself because I'm talking to the um to God in that moment like they look I look crazy then I'm like God what do you think of this like as I'm like doing the dishes or like with my son and I'm like oh what you, like you know what I mean and I look to the side as if there's another person there <laughs> and I'm like I look ridiculous but that's what abiding looks like for me as I like, I know that God is walking with me and I know that he's close. So like, um, so yeah, so I'm still trying to navigate what um, that looks like. Cause I know I love scripture. Um, I think that's one of my favorite things to do and like study and like do a deep dive and do Bible studies. Um, but also knowing that like God is present with me and like he, I don't know, he like, there's just like these small little whispers all the times that I feel that I'm like, oh, thanks. Like that was yeah. 
for you to like speak mm -hmm. to me in that way. So. Do either either one of you um, uh, are uh, enjoying journaling at all? Is that part of your process at all in terms of your ab abiding since you're journaling with God together? Yeah, so I've been journaling for a little over a year now, but um, pairing it with abiding has been so helpful to track. Yeah. And like, just remember like, oh yeah, this points back yes. to something we talked about like two weeks ago mm -hmm. and I totally forgot about it, but you reminded me of this thing I wrote, right? Mm -hmm. So having, having that, because um, yeah, like your day goes by and you kind of, you start to, you don't forget that you had the time, but like the little intimate moments, the like those little words or the specificity of that right, first, right? Like all those things, you start to lose it over time. And so journaling has really helped me re-anchor myself when I'm back spending time with God. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We were talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you have to say about that? And mm -hmm. um, so yeah, journaling's been so helpful for me. Yeah, it's helpful to like continue the conversation if that makes any sense. Because yes. it could be that it's like. Oh, well, we're talking about this, and then it's like the next day. It's like, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> Which, especially as a new mom, yeah, <laughs> right? So I'm like, my mom brain is just like, what were we just talking about? Um, so it it has been helpful to like remember that I'm like, oh right, we were here, and like continuing that conversation, um, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's a that's a big uh, important truth of, uh, you know, you're you're dialoguing with God, and then you're recording things that you're hearing, like you said, paying attention to words and just insight and uh, continue to, like you say, uh, Miriam, keep the conversation going, uh, you know, time after day, day after day, and then be reminded of things that you received. Otherwise, even with the best of us with, with good memories, you just tend to forget it. And God wants to keep reinforcing it and build, you know, building on it. So what a, what a great uh, example. Well, we, uh, again, are at the end of our time. We're, um, uh, could go. Well, we'll have you guys back on because I know there's more uh, to share and uh, your ministry and your, and your life together. And uh, it's been a great uh, joy just to see your enthusiasm uh, mm -hmm. for each other, for God, how He brought you together, and and now has you in a place where you can really receive it and give it away with a new family. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to watch uh, what God's up to. And um, we just keep praying that you'll have uh, the same joy you have now. It'll just keep getting mm -hmm. deeper and deeper uh, as you're through your, your life of together and with abiding. And Kathy, we'd love to have them uh, come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Um, I love, you know, I, I love Eddie and Miriam. <laughs> yes. And just seeing, you know, as you can see, Rich, just seeing it's so clear this is even though there's been a whole lot of backstory here this is the beginning of their journey right like you see god's hand and his anointing on this family and on sweet little isaiah and you just know what he is rewriting the story he's writing on their lives is amazing and so getting to have front row seats i love that i get to see them every week love that i get to spend time with them love that god has invited us to process together on all this and i'm just thankful that everyone else gets to hear a little bit of it too yeah, yeah, it's so exciting. It's you know, exciting. Uh, just to reinforce for you guys is that you demonstrated that you both had ultimately a heart just to follow God. Exactly. And when you gave it away, He said, "Okay, now I can, now I can direct you to where I have yeah. for you." And you learned that really kind of early, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And I believe it's because of your hearts for that. And uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what God's up to. So thank you so much for sharing and. Uh, we look forward to having you back. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This yeah. is fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep.
All right, Kathy, we will see you tomorrow for End Times Friday. Sounds great. Have a great afternoon, okay. everybody. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.